When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Hey, coaches, before we get going today, I just wanted to thank you for all you've been doing to support this podcast. And we have an incredible lineup coming up here. We have just about every major college conference represented. We have a ton of FBS coaches, Division II coaches, Division Three coaches, some great high school football coaches coming on the podcast to share with you and help you grow professionally during this time. I really appreciate all of you asking your questions on Twitter. Please follow me at Coach K Grabowski for our daily updates on our guests and your opportunity to ask questions. We will read them on the show and attribute those to you. So please contribute to the show as much as you can. Our football development model, which is something we've rolled out here at USA Football, and this is really for you to be able to help your youth football programs develop. It's about a long-term athlete development plan, something that comes off of the American development model, which is something that the USOC has put together. The idea is that we're able to teach skills in a progression starting at the youngest ages. We're also looking at the different game types we have, whether that's flag, which is non-contact, limited contact games like padded flag or tackle bar and full contact and the right progressions for contact teaching there as well. Be sure to check out all we do at footballdevelopment.com and check out what we're doing with the FDM, the football development model at usafootball.com backslash FDM. On today's coaching coordinator podcast, we focus on packaging zone blitzes and the different ways to back those up with coverage. And joining me today is Army's assistant head coach, linebackers coach, John Luce. John, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Keith. Always love doing it. Absolutely. Well, John, I've been able to talk to you a little bit here as some of these virtual summits have gone on, in particular coachesclinic.com, which coaches have the opportunity to keep the entire library about 200 coaches, I believe, by the end of it, videos for with a donation to Lawrence First and Go. And, you know, I know this COVID-19 has really affected everybody. And unfortunately, it's it's affected Lawrence First and Go Camp, which is a great event every single year for a great cause. Yeah, I appreciate it. it there's, you know, I was talking to our, our staff today about it, you know, pushing something that's going to create a it's going to create a vacuum as far as the money we raised 
You know, so all the money for Lawrence First and Goals goes to pediatric brain tumor research and cancer services, which we've given away over $2 million. But, you know, the, the research part is going to be hard to fund this year without the camp, obviously. But we're hoping that we can still help families in need. You know, when, you're, when your child is diagnosed with cancer or brain tumor or any of those things, obviously, it can really put your family in all kinds of not just you know, emotional strain, but also financial strain. So, you know, so one of the things we do is try to help help families in need get back on their feet. So a social worker contacts my wife is how it works and, and they figure out, okay, how can we help them get back on their feet? So obviously this time right now, if you have a sick child, now it's really hard. If it wasn't hard before, now it's really hard. It could be, you know, depending on the family. So we're trying to do something obviously to create enough funds so we can at least get that part going until we get until we get a camp up and running again. So that's where this really helps us. So we're really excited about, you know, what you guys have done for us and putting together. So I'm hoping coaches will keep joining and checking it out and, you know, being able to they're gonna look at these clinics anyway. So hopefully they'll donate and it's all going to Lawrence First and Goal, which is going to help families in need. Yeah, like I said, it's a great cause. And coaches, if you haven't checked it out, please do. The URL is football-summit.coachesclinic.com. Well, coach, today we're going to talk about packaging the zone blitz and looking at different ways to back that up. And you guys have had some success with that. You've had success with that at, at the places you've been. So, Talk to us a little bit about how you look at this conceptually as you start to think about the zone blitz package. You know, I got a great call from Joe Doherty, who is a new defensive coordinator, Juniata. And uh, I'd worked with Joe, and Doc's a really impressive football mind because he's been an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. So I've gone against him and coached with him both. So he's really a good person to talk to from from my standpoint because he's seen the the blitz package from both ends. So you know, one of the comments he made when we were playing Fordham one time, he said that the head coach slash offensive coordinator put down the clicker after about, he said literally about four hours and said, you know, what are we doing? It's going to be different blisses anyway, you know? So, and it really wasn't that much on defense for us. It just looked like a lot on film. So, but anyway, we were talking about it and how to piece it together. And I've done it two different ways. So one way you can have a, a basic pattern and you can call that pattern and then call a coverage behind it. So now you're talking about two words, but you can, you can take a pattern and then you could back it up with man free. You could back it up with three deep, three under, you could back it up with quarters all the way around. You could back it up with quarter, quarter, half. You could back it up with two trap corners and it could be the same pressure. So that's one way I think to package them up. The other way I've been involved with is, is is you have a family of names where it it might be the same five man pattern, but it's it it's a one word where that word changes in that it might be backed up by two trap corners one way and three D three under another way, if that makes any sense. So I've done it both ways and I think it's something you really want to think about. Looking at both of those ways, have you leaned one way or the other as far as which is most effective with both teaching it and the operations of calling it on game day? Yeah, I think I think if a team's going really fast, it helps to package them 
together with the one word, although I think there's ways to streamline that, which would be hard to talk about now in a quick way, but you could work it out. I kind of, I think after doing it both ways, I kind of leaned toward this one pattern. I felt like it was a little bit easier and I could tell the kids exactly what the coverage was to back it up. So I think I've, I would lean that way. And that's what he talked about. That's what, you know, when I was talking to him on the phone, this was just yesterday, you know, that's what he said. He had been in a bunch of different systems and he really felt like that was the best way, you know? So, and that really is what we did at Lafayette. So I, I probably would lean back that way, you know, next time I do it. So I thought it was pretty good. I, I just thought it was easy for the kids to learn this pattern and then this coverage. And I could, I could, piece them together again it's one more word for sure if i was if college ever gets to where the nfl is where there's a headset in the helmet i would come no doubt do it that way you know that they can they're not just signaling and they're talking to somebody they could say run this or this <laughs> which you kind of do anyway tech systems but so that's one thing on it well it seems that being able to have those two components and and I agree one more word isn't necessarily a ton I mean it's one more signal that they have to see but you know if you're you're good at that efficient you know the calls coming in quick enough you should be able to do those things and then it gives you that flexibility cuz when you think about all the different combinations you start to build out a lot of terminology so there there becomes that memorization you know, burden on the players to understand all these different names. That's right. And I think you, I think when you're building your system, I think it's critical that you, and Joe said this, he thought we did the best job of all the places he'd been, is that each, that the groupings that you're doing, whether it's coverage or whatever it is, that they make sense. It's not rote memorization. You know, I, I visited the defensive coordinator when Buddy Ryan was the head football coach at Arizona Cardinals one time. And I, he, I learned a lot from them, and it, their their system was com, was really complex. But I remember one of the things he said was, he goes, it really just, and I think this happens a lot in the NFL. You just keep kind of building, and if you're not careful, you lose track of why you called something, and it's not a family of names. So, like, you know, his his representation or the thing he used as an example was, we called this blitz crackers because you know, a, a player that played for Buddy Ryan 15 years earlier liked crackers and he was good at the blitz, right? So, I mean, you just think about that. And Buddy Ryan's one of the great football minds of all time, but, you know, that that becomes hard on players. So, whereas if you have a, you know, the the way we did it at Lafayette College was really all the, all the college names were, all the coverages were college names. And if it started with a C like Colgate or Colby, it was some type of corner roll. If it, does that make sense? If it started with an F, it was the strong safety coming down. If it started with an F, like Florida or Fresno, those are colleges that started with a free safety coming down. And then we had ones that were T words were Tampa and different ones like that, that were probably Tampa is a bad example. But, you know, if we would have a T college name, that meant it was a trips check. So, but it was a system. So our kids knew if they heard a college name that, hey, that was coverage. You know, they knew. And if it was, and here at Army, the system we had, which was really good, it was, if it was this grouping of names, the coverage 
was backed up. That it was all the same coverage. So, you know, again, I, I won't fire that out what it was, but let's say it's car, you know, car names. Like the, all those, if it was a car's name, a Chevy, whatever it is, then those would all be backed up by a, a specific coverage. Does that make sense? So that that's what it was. But but I think the other thing, what I, it kind of, I think sometimes I felt like I was handcuffed a little bit because I might want this blitz. And as the game goes on, I wanted to change the coverage because of down and distance, because of what they were doing, because of where the ball was on the field. Well, I a couple of important points there. And I was talking with a coach on the podcast, and but we were talking about making the transition to you know, a new program and the way he was going to use his terminology there in that I think we, we do that as coaches. We take something and we name it for in one particular program that maybe, maybe something there has meaning. Like you said, the word crackers, I could think of a blitz, you know, we had a, a free safety blitz at one of the high schools I was at. This is back when I was, was starting out before I was ever a head coach. And it, it was called E-Red, and, and the player's name was Ereditario, so it was E-Red, and, and that worked really well. Everybody knew what that was when there were guys who had played with him, but after he had graduated and they had graduated, there kind of was that, you know, we, we lost that association, that word association that went along with it. Oh, yeah, that guy was really good and whatever. So we all found ourselves having to tell the story all the time, and then we just changed the name to something that would make more sense to it. So you have those situations where you got to think about the the terminology and when we were when I was talking to this coach you know he he talked about even understanding kind of you know where he was at and and maybe the the difference in 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 the way in their you know culture their particular region of the country they think about different things and so they they had that little exercise where they went through and looked at their terminology and tweaked some things so that it actually fit their program and their players yeah no doubt i think you and I would, I've learned from this too, because we had it this way. I would be careful, I guess, having a package that starts with a certain letter of the alphabet. I think sometimes you get caught because you, you know, you, you, you're trying to, and we've done that. And I remember that caught me sometimes because it was already installed when I took it over, but it was a certain letter of the alphabet. It was hard to match the other combinations. But again, I've seen some great stuff. I mean, I saw somebody where they were doing, they had cat and dog blitzes, like different cat and dog blitzes, which I, you know, it was kind of neat. And the way they explained it too, were, I think that I'm not sure which way it was, but I think cats, you know, are, they go outside during the day. So they're outside blitzes and dogs are inside during the day, you know what I mean? Or, you know, whatever. So, and actually I think it was going to the bathroom. So cats, you know, they go inside to go to the bathroom and dogs go outside. You're right. But you just, whatever you come up with, just that you make sure you have enough names within that grouping. Cause I I've used NFL teams and law offenses do that a bunch, right? They use, you know, NHL teams and, and baseball teams and all stuff. And a lot of times it's protections and whatever, but you just, you have to have groupings that make sense. You can teach your kids. Cause if you do that, you know, you can, Bob Sutton told me, I thought this made a lot of sense one time. And he was, a, was our head coach when I was here the first time at army West point and great football mind, same thing and defensive coordinator in the NFL a bunch. But he said, it's, it's, not too, it's not how many blitzes you have or how many defenses you have. It's how many techniques you have. So if it's, if it's a good system and makes sense, you, you, can, you can look like a lot of defense now to the course of the defense or during a season. And it's really not. 
you know, it's not near as much as you think it is. I guess the last thing on the terminology and a point you have made there is you have to be sure. And I think as you're coming up with any kind of structure that uses terminology and groups things conceptually, so there is that that association the player has to learn it and how things fit together is just make sure that category you're using is, is big enough to cover you in the future. So as an example, in coaching offense, in the way we coded things, because we would use, you know, multiple 12 personnel based on some of the skill sets of our different guys, et cetera. So we got away from the, you know, 10, 11, 12, 21, and we were using NFL mascots to name that. And I said, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm comfortable in saying I'll never have 32 personnel groups. So this, this will work for us. But then we had to look and we went through and, you know, so as an example, you know, the word Eagle is, is Eagle anywhere else in our offense? Is there any other mascot name in our offense? We need to make sure that we, we change that and take it out because now you have that association working in two places and that that's where you can get some confusion. No doubt. I've always prided myself in the room to be the guy that fights like crazy to make sure we're not breaking the terminology because you you do it once you do it twice you do it three times and all of a sudden you got breaks all over the place so trying to make it where hey this kid hurts this one word because the other the other advantage of keeping them in families too is if they don't get the whole holocaust call they know what it is you know what i mean they and i would always quiz them on that too so if you are going to use a front of coverage i would say that week hey listen we're doing you know, it's this coverage is what we're running with it until I tell you different. The other part, too, is you can always how you the order of the words a lot of times makes a difference, too. Like, you know, a lot of people usually put the coverage at the end. I've always thought that might not be the best idea because those guys are if the coverage gets messed up. Now you really got a problem. You know, if the front went the wrong way, it goes to the backers. I mean, it, it it's a bus, but it's not the most critical bus is not having a middle safety when you're supposed to, right? So that's where it is. Is that something you got to was, was calling your coverage first? No, I've always thought about it. I mean, I've always thought about it, but no. And the covers a lot of times too was a, and a lot of it was a fail safe. And that's who we were talking about too. It was just, it was one more layer to make sure everybody was on the same page. Cause usually they knew what was going to back it up, I guess. So, but just one more, one more word to make sure it's right. And we communicated on the field too, whereas the corners or safeties are telling guys what they're doing. You know, usually the the droppers in the zone blitz stuff, if they just would listen to linebackers, whether it's the inside or outside or a combination of, they know their responsibility by what the corner or safety is telling them, right? So they might even get the whole call and know. Yeah, and, and you know, you brought up another important point is that and really this this works on offense, on defense, on special teams. You can be at least to an opponent, right, who's breaking down your film or who's trying to figure out what you're doing during a game. You can look very multiple. But as you said, it's making sure that your guys have a limited number of techniques that they can do over and over and over again in practice so that those are applied then to all these different packages that you might use. That's exactly right. And you want to, you know, obviously you want to put pressure on the offense and vice versa without being too complex yourselves. That's right. So a lot of it is, a lot of it's smoke and mirrors. I mean, just you, but I I know from a blitz standpoint, when you get into how you're backing them up, you know, when I've talked to guys, the hardest thing is, Hey, I know it's the same pressure and you know, we can, 
tag those two to change up who's doing what. You know, you take America's Bliss and you just bring four off the field, right? Four strong off the field. Well, you can do, you can, we tagged it different ways to get different patterns. It was still the same blitz. So for us at Lafayette, fire meant it was coming from the field. That's what it was. So it was easy. So all hot terms were blitzes. So we're not using that terminology more so i fired out there but like blaze was from the boundary burn was from the boundary rocket was from the right lightning was from the left you know so it was but it was all the same and then you could change it up but then we could change up the coverage which i want to talk about too because i think that's the hard part for an offense is yeah i see this four strong coming from the field but is it three deep three under is it man free is it quarters all the way around? Is it quarter, quarter, half? Is it trap on both sides? Like, what is it? So they all have their advantages and disadvantages. So what are you getting? Where are you on the field? And what's the down and distance? And what's the score? So it all factors in. How important is it when you're looking at, you know, and you want to be a team that uses multiple blitzes, that you look at different ways to send that? I know we had Nick Davis on. He's the defensive coordinator at Rose Holman. And he talked about, having the ability to, I believe he had, you know, four different ways that that they could basically set things, you know, could be to the back set, could be the tight end, could be the field, could, could be the boundary, could be right, could be left. But, you know, just in your, in some of the examples you gave there, being able to say, you know, rocket or laser, you know, burn or fire to designate how certain things are coming or even, you know, be able on game plan to check some of these because a lot of times you can find that, that clue in, you know, a certain player, maybe it's the back set, maybe it's where the tight end lines up, et cetera. You know, in a system, how important is it to have multiple ways to be able to do something? I think it's really important. I totally agree with that. Like we had near for to the back and far away from the back. And, you know, that same blitz, we might've called it spark, which, you know, that lit a fire, right? Still a hot term. So spark lit a fire but it would be near spark or far spark or tight spark or open spark. Does that make sense? So if I knew it was from the field, I'd just call fire. If I knew it was from the left, I'd call lightning. You know, again, talking to Bob Sutton, he said at one point with the Jets, they're, they're probably one of their top, top base defenses was lightning because the ball's in the middle of the field almost all the time and teams are right-handed. So they just brought four from the right and played 3D under. You know, and got good at it and got really good at it. You know, that that's the highest level of football playing against the best quarterbacks in the world. So, and that's as simple as it comes. But I do, I think you, you want to do all those. I think you want to have the ability. You may not use them all, but again, if you have good terminology, I would teach them what near and far and left and right and, you know, whatever it was. I could call blitz left. I could just say left this if it didn't fit anywhere else. But our kids knew lightning was four from the left, which we did a bunch, especially against a team that, let's say they insisted on running naked to their right all the time, might run lightning a bunch to deter that and try to get good at the other plays. It's interesting, you know, you bring up that example with, with Bob Sutton, the NFL, you know, just the simplicity of that and doing it again and again, it's something you know, one of one of your staff members, Matt Drinkle, and I talk about all the time. We've been looking at that, and you know, how how often is it the simple team that is really really good, right? And you know, you you get to that because of the execution. You get to it because your guys can play it. They understand, 
you know, all the different things that can happen to them and they see it enough that they can play it well. That's right. What you battle with all the time, I think calling plays and, def- and scheming up plays with your blitzes sometimes is you waffle back and forth a little bit. Like, do I run this blitz from the field or boundary because I'm going to run it really hard and fast or I try to, or do I try to hit the protection perfectly by trying to choice it all the time? So you, again, you, you go back and forth and there's, there's pluses and minuses to both and you probably do them both, but right. Sometimes you just say, you know what? I just know that we're going to run it really good with these guys. So I'm going to be good at it as opposed to trying to break down every protection to try to get the correct blitz all the time. Right. So do I run a, again, we had multiple blitzes, but do I run these five blitzes really, really good or am I trying to come up with something all the time to break down the protection. I mean, I always looked at the run game. I, I'm, I'm going to blitz into some of their best plays because I want to try to make them play left-handed. You know, I'm trying to stop their top, top play. Or, and then the pass blitz is obviously I'm trying to break down the protection, either to get the ball out quickly because it's longer yardage or get them to throw into a coverage they don't think it is. You know, that they're making a huge mistake, which is, you know, the good, great defenses I've been involved with. We make the plays when the, offense is wrong when they throw it into coverage but that, that's what i'm talking about backing up the blitzes in that i'll give you a, what i think is a decent example so if if i want to blitz up the middle and i want to just drop my middle safety down over the ball and play three deep three under i think that's good it has merit your corners obviously are going to be soft there's throws out there they can make it's three deep three under but from a run standpoint, there's definite merit to that, especially if you have a good free safety that drops over the ball and is a really good tackler because you can funnel a lot of plays to him. And you pick the pattern, you know, or I'm blitzing from the field. I'm bringing four strong, and I just say, okay, I want to be in 3D3 under, so I drop the strong safety down, and he's my whatever you determine. it. We don't have enough time to talk about, but seam flat, flat or hot, whatever you determine it, but there's three under and there's three deep. But again, the corners are going to be somewhat soft, right? So what I wanted to do all the time was sometimes what I would do is I would make it and I would tag that as a man free blitz. So I did the same thing. All I did, all I did was I could take the hook defender and when he was on number three, I could, I could bring him also if number three was blocking, right? Or, and I could really man up everybody and play them way tighter. So that's one thing you can do. But another thing you can do is, let's say the ball's on the hash and it's a, it's third and five. And I don't want to be three deep, three under, but I want to run that pressure. Well, I can, I can take it and become a two deep, four under. So if, if the ball's on the hash, that's a short, short of the boundary. So I can play quarter, quarter, half. I can play quarters to the field because I'm still bringing five. I don't have anybody in the middle still, but I'm still bringing five. So I play quarters with with one of the inside backers has to move over to the, the inside element of the quarters part. But I play quarters of my strong safety in my corner to the field. And then my other dropper is playing Tampa two to the boundary where I've got or a trap where I've got a hard corner to the boundary and that linebacker has to run and wall number two to make sure he keeps him out of the middle, but has to carry number two because I'm going to 
more help my boundary corner, my safety. So I'm playing quarter, quarter, half. I don't have a middle defender. It's not quarters. I'm bringing five. Yeah, I've I've had teams do that to us before. In you know, is are there certain things you know? Because I mean, you are exposing the middle of the field, but what do you look for from that opponent? I guess that that would tell you that two under four deep would be a, a good opportunity. Well, just if they're going to take the early access, easy access throw to the boundary, and what is the down and you know, if it was if it was third and a lot, I wouldn't bother with that. I'd probably just go three deep, three under, or I would play quarters across the board. Like if I was worried about four verticals, I would play quarters across the board and know that, hey, I'm bringing five. I've got four verticals really covered because I'm playing quarters across the board. And I feel good about it. Whereas, you know, if it's third and five, let's say I'm in the middle of the field now. Well, now I've now both corners have have to defend pretty easy access throws, correct? Distance is the same. So now if it's third and three, third and four, third and five, and I don't want to play man free, I don't want to truly lock him down, but I want to run a zone blitz, then I can play with two trap corners and the two safeties are playing halves essentially to make it simple. And the two, whatever two backers didn't blitz, you pick them, that those guys would be you know, wall carry players the number two. If if number two goes out, let it go to the corner and find the new two. But now I've shored up where they can't throw an access throw. And I can disguise and make it hard on them. So I, I looked at it like this, Keith. I looked at it was down a distance, where the ball was on the field, and what's the score too. Like if I'm up by a bunch, I don't want to give up a big one. Right? I'm not I'm, I'm I'm trying to make sure I just slow the game down enough. They're trying to go fast. that I get enough stops. We're going to win. We're, we're up by three touches. We're going to win as long as I don't screw it up and let them get into an outside kick game. So I might treat it differently than if it's seven all or 14, seven, where I got to be more aggressive. I got to get stops right now. So, but I look again, I look at down a distance. If it was third and long, I probably would just say, you know, what? I'm in three deep three under, or I'm in true quarters. Where if it's the shorter yarded stuff, it's either quarter, quarter, half, or trap if I want to protect the corners. So I guess I, I know the question you asked is, you know, you look at an offense, you say, what are you going to do? There's, there's times when we got, I, I know, you know, playing the Wake Forest staff a bunch over the years because they played them at Fordham, Richmond, and, and Wake Forest you know, and really good football coaches. But there were times we got them at Richmond and Fordham where we looked like we were blitzing from the field and we were, but we had a hard corner to the boundary. So they thought it was going to be three deep, three under. So, you know, the quarterback had to hold it for that split second longer and got, got blown up if he didn't make a mistake and throw it to the boundary. Does that make sense? So you, you know, part of it, you're trying to confuse them. And the great thing we did at Army over the years that Jay Bateman did was we would bring four with a lot of pressures too. So we, you know, we had enough to truly play quarters, you know, and, and have a seven man drop and change up who was coming in a three, four defense. So that's a whole nother ball game, but that's what I mean about taking the same pressure, but taking the same pressure, the same pattern and being three, three under possibly being man free being quarter, quarter, half, being quarters across the board, or being two trap corners. Now, again, you're, I said it all the time to the kids, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Here's the advantage and here's the disadvantage. So you got to know how to protect those. But 
if there was one defense that stopped at all, this, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have a job. You know, everybody just says that defense, right? We talk about anything. Exactly. Well, it, it's good because it also gives the opportunity to talk to you and, and other guests about the different things that they do. Yeah, that's right. And it's again, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But <laughs> but it, it you do you make it hard on them. I think you confuse them with. You know, just because you see these four guys come, it doesn't mean you know what the coverage is, is what I'm getting to. As we wrap up here, Coach, if you would share your recruiting area with our listeners, let them know where you're at. Yeah, we, you know, at, at Army West Point, obviously, we're recruiting the entire nation. So the first thing I would say is this, is that, you know, if you're a high school coach, I've said this off and on since 92, and I heard it before I got there from another coach who was at Army. You know, don't send us the kids that want to come to West Point. You know, that there's there's not many of those guys that want to come to West Point that can play major college football and help us. Send us the guys that you think, or give us the guys that you think can play major college football, you know, or that are really, really good FCS players that can do it academically and that obviously are tough. Because Every guy I've ever recruited that's any good, and I really mean that. I think every guy, they came to West Point because we recruited them like anywhere else. You know, they never thought about it until I called them. So that's almost every guy. we got to get them on campus. But I, you know, I, I specifically, I recruit the Northeast. So I have all of PA, all of New York, and all of New England is my specific areas. But, you know, we're always looking for good players that can help us because, you, you know, they come from everywhere. Coach, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you? I can. My email is john.loose at westpoint.edu. So it's john.loose at westpoint.edu. And then, you know, if it's anything with Lawrence First and Goal, I mean, it's LFGF, which stands for Lawrence First and Goal Foundation, but lfgf.org. And you can also get us that way too. But, you know, obviously we're always looking for support that way too that way so we can keep you know helping people in need and do the pediatric brain tumor research absolutely well coach thank you for all you do and thanks for taking the time to be on the coaching coordinator podcast all right thank you keith it was a pleasure coaches again want to remind you of what we're doing with the football development model please push this down to your youth coaches i think this is a great way for you to get some organization and structure beyond what you've already done check it out all of our our program development for youth football at fdm.usafootball.com again check out our systems for blocking tackling and defeating blocks at footballdevelopment.com if you register with your email you get your choice of three free videos there's some great things in there i think things that as you get going again can get into the summer and maybe make up on some things that you might have lost if you had a spring ball if you had time here in the spring to work on football some great drills for all those phases of contact if you're enjoying the podcast please have it over to itunes or your platform and give us a five-star rate. If you have a minute, write a review. We really appreciate it, and we will read your review on our highlight show that we do at the end of the week.